Welcome to From There to Here with your host, Miranda Dekonski. Together, we'll explore our personal journeys and how they have impacted where we are today. We hope that you'll walk away inspired, motivated, energized, and knowing that there is no right or wrong path. Each path is uniquely our own. And now your host, Miranda. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am Miranda Dekonski, and I want to welcome Ben Wynn from Catalyst to talk to us today. Ben, thank you for joining. I'm so happy to see you. And I was saying before we pushed record, I was saying how nice it was to see your face today. How are you? I'm good. It's great to see you too. It was great to see you in person at Saster last spring, summer, whenever that was, but always great to chat. So happy to be here. Yeah. I was actually also, I think I saw you in October as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. True. I'm COVID times. My brain doesn't work in terms of, yeah. But uh, yeah, you came out for the MasterChef event. We had all the CS leaders cooking off against each other. Did you win though? That was the important I don't so much remember. fun. Uh, you can't remember. We don't want to go down. That oh, no. Path. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're not going down that path. So before, before we'll leave <laughs> that one on a cliffhanger, but before we head into, you know, the questions I have prepared for you today, I'd love just to hear a little bit about you. Uh, what do you do? Where'd you grow up? You know, all of that fun stuff. Well, I'm Canadian. So hopefully I've trained myself out of the boots and the boots in the <laughs> podcast realm. So Canadian, I moved to New York from Toronto last May. I started working for Catalyst a year before. At Catalyst, I manage community and brand events, content. So doing a lot there. I've been having a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean, I started my career in customer success straight out of university because I was terrified of sales. So when I was offered both, I was like, I'll take the relationship one where I get to make friends and get paid to do it, which was my definition, still sort of is my definition of customer success. But then over time, ended up leading a CS team and then launching a CS community called CS in Focus. And then from there, I expanded into New York, met the Catalyst founders, and they were like, hey, do you want to do this full time and move to New York? And this was before COVID. So I was like, absolutely. And that's short version of how we got to where we are now. Yeah. So you grew up in Canada and I have Mm -hmm. to say, I grew up about 45 minutes or so from the Canadian border, but uh, in Michigan, you know, I think there's a lot of stereotypes about folks from Canada, you know, that you guys apologize too much and, or you do say the above. All true. (laughs) Friendliest people ever. So happy that you're here with us in New York, I guess. Well, I'm not in New York, but you are. I'm kind of thankful I'm not in New York right now because I heard the weather is just freezing. It is extremely cold for New Yorkers. Being a Canadian, I'm a little more adjusted to it or I just don't complain as much. But yeah, this weekend we're supposed to be snowed in or something. So It'll be interesting. Yeah. Well, just make sure you stock up on like whiskey or tequila or whatever your drink of choice is. Definitely. <laughs> It'll be fine. So when you were younger, let's kind of go way back when to little mm-hmm. Ben. What did you want to do when you grew up? Well, if we go way back to preschool, my parents still love telling the story of all the kids saying, you know, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a policeman. And I said, I want to be a duck. A duck. A duck. That was preschool. So I don't know how old I would have been, but that was the joke that has never ended, left my, left my family. I think when I became sentient, which was, you know, maybe in, in middle school or, or high school, I think we all grew up wanting to do what our parents do. My dad's been in advertising his whole life. And so I saw, and I got to go to his shoots for commercials for bounce dryer sheets or the Listerine guy or the Philadelphia cream cheese angel, like that sort of stuff. And so it was really cool, really special, really fun. And, and so that's what I thought I was going to do. Then I went to theater school 
And I did that for a while and then realized that I enjoyed it, but I wasn't good enough to be in the top 1% of people who actually make a living doing theater. So then I went back to sort of the advertising thing and went to a commerce degree, which was sort of how I roundabout got back into business. Wow, that's really interesting. So theater, do you still do anything in theater? Do you like to go see Broadway shows or anything like that? Not like traditional theater anymore. My my life is theater now. Brand marketing is theater. Um, <laughs> uh, somewhat serious. Like, I mean, I, I a lot of it is performance, whether it's internally or externally and whether it's you or whether it's the company. But no, I don't do any performing or anything like that anymore beyond, you know, what people see on LinkedIn. Well, I have to say you have the best memes and gifts out there. I love what you guys are doing with your branding and Catalyst and the marketing. And, you know, I know a lot of folks on my team too have enjoyed a good gift or a meme that you've put out there. And you also did the pun off. I remember that now. We've done uh, some, some weird things. We did the dating app for CSMs, Retain Me. We did yeah. Unicornian, which is our sat- satirical news pub. It's like The Onion, but for customer tech. Yeah, we just like doing weird shit. And I think a lot of that comes from advertising, but also from the theater side of things where it's just like, at the end of the day, people just want to be entertained. It doesn't matter what, when, where, just like people want to be entertained. If you can do that well, you can pretty much do anything else. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of my team members actually won your pun off, one of your pun offs. So that was a pretty exciting moment at Swiftly. Like, we're like, oh my God, (laughs) we won. So (laughs) like we all rode on the coattails of that win. (laughs) Nice. Well, and didn't you also, you came to compete in our virtual escape room? Yes. 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 And you guys have done some really amazing events. Good job. Kudos to you, my friend. (laughs) Thanks. This is my my form of humble bragging is by calling out what you've participated in. That's awesome. So uh, let's dive back into little Ben again. Mm-hmm. Are there any moments from your childhood or your past that you think have maybe brought you to where you are now and put you in this direction? Yeah. I mean, I've always been someone who challenges the status quo. And so, you know, I was not good at following rules ever. I got in trouble constantly. I was suspended. I was let's say entrepreneurial when I found an answer key in elementary school and sold it for a dollar to a bunch of people on the playground. You know, there's lots of early things that would indicate, you know, the direction, some multiple directions I could go, but yeah, I definitely was not one for doing what I was told just because I was told it was always questioning, 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 challenging, pushing, stretching boundaries. My parents dismay for most of my childhood, hopefully I'm making up for that now. That's awesome. How much money did you make on that answer key? I think $3, which, you know, at the time was worth the suspension. Now, you know, maybe not. (laughs) Oh, man, that's awesome. So kind of digging in a little bit deeper, if you had the ability to do anything in the world, what would you choose? Well, I mean, my partner and I both love the arts. We've always we met in high school we were both in theater school together so before he switched into a visual arts program and now he's a photographer but we've always talked about you know if we had endless amounts of money opening up like a beautiful cabaret kind of theater and finding new acts like people that are not known and elevating them giving people a a stage and platform for people who are just genuinely incredibly talented because we feel like so much of 
art and culture these days is just put through the marketing machine and it's the same carbon copy of everything else. And there's a lot of incredibly talented people that aren't getting featured. They aren't getting stage time. They're not getting, you know, for, you know, that sort of attention that they should be getting and they have the talent to, you know, to warrant it. And it brings everything together. Like I think running a, a theater like that, it would be, it's a mixture of, you know, there's food and there's drinks and there's entertainment and there's music and there's business and there's marketing. Like there's so many aspects to that that, you know, I still hope that that's, that's something we get to do in our lifetime. You're young, so there's still plenty of time. I think that's awesome. I love that. And really curious, what kind of food would you serve? Food? I mean, I, I mean, French is probably my, my go-to. French food is like, yeah, just lots of butter and just delicious, <laughs> savory, like, and it, but yeah, it would be uh, delicious. I mean, my partner's Italian, so we'd probably have to have a mix of that, but Yeah. I am a huge French food fan. And it's funny, my husband is uh, half Italian from New Jersey. Mm -hmm. We met out here in California, but his family and his mom is probably listening to this. Hello. (laughs) So yeah, they're they're from New Jersey. So he has Italian roots. And when I went back uh, in October, I did go out to Jersey and have an Italian meal with my mother-in-law and my father-in-law. All all 12 courses of it. (laughs) Yeah, it was delicious. So yeah, it was amazing. Another question that I've been digging in on that has brought, you know, some really fascinating insights, and I would love to hear if you have any thoughts on this, is we've been sharing about mistakes that we've made either in our personal lives or our professional careers and some of the learnings and lessons that we've had from them. And we've had some really fascinating ones that have been shared. When I ask you, you know, tell me about your biggest mistake you've ever made at work or in your personal life, what comes to mind for you? I feel like I make mistakes all the time. We all all do. It's not really a mistake if you learn from it. That's, that's how I, that's what I tell myself at least. Biggest mistakes. I mean, I think, I don't know. I mean, it's hard. If I go way back, there's definitely a lot of, you know, dumb shit that I did in high school and, and, you know, early university, maybe that I'm just like, well, that was dumb and that wasn't good. And I mean, you're still developing as a person. And I think it just took me a while to, figure out who I was and what I wanted. And I think that one of the things that took me a while to learn was that, you know, whether someone's watching you or they're not like you basically, like if you always, this actually goes back to a LinkedIn post I made the other day, which is the the most generous people that you know, are also the happiest people, you know, and vice versa. There's a, a strong relationship there and the things that you do. And even when no one's listening, even when no one's watching, those still matter that's still, whether it's an energy or it's something that, you know, you're just putting out there. I think that's been the biggest change. I'm sort of twisting your question, but I think a mistake that I made was I wouldn't think about that, right? If I, if, you know, whether that's gossiping or shit talking or, you know, being disingenuous or just doing things that I wasn't supposed to do because I could get away with it. I think I used to do that a lot. I know I used to do that a lot. And that's one thing that I think I've gotten better at over the years is just always, staying positive and even if no one's listening or watching, still acting as if people are and still acting as the person that I want to be seen as. I really love that. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I think all of us have been guilty of that at one time or another in our lives. And if you really dig in deep on those moments, you know, depending on who, where, what, or when, sometimes, you know, you're not, we're not proud of those moments. Sometimes it's just between you and a friend and you're having beer and you're just letting loose. And I think that's okay. <laughs> but Oh, definitely. I still, <laughs> like, to clarify, I still talk shit. 
Um, <laughs> but I try to talk shit in a way that's a little more like, you know, even if the person was listening, they wouldn't be gutted to the core. They would just, you know, and, and it's also things that I would say to their face as well. If I'm not a fan of a certain company's, you know, lip sync rewrite, you know, that they post, then, you know, I, I might be critical of it, but it's nothing that I wouldn't be perfectly honest with them about too. So that's my new policy is I do talk shit, but I say things that I would still say in front of, say to people's faces. I love it. I think that's really smart. Really smart, right? So if you could give advice to your 18-year-old self, knowing all that you know right now at this moment, what advice would you give to yourself? Beyond, you know, buy Bitcoin and, you know, buy GameStop and all that sort of stuff. Serious advice I'd give to my 18-year-old self. I think another thing that it took me a long time to learn, I would tell myself to double down on the things that I'm already good at and that my personality and, you know, the characteristics that I already have are, you know, while they come easily to me, there are many people who they don't come easily to. And there's many people who, cause I, I spent all my time focusing on skills and traits of other people. Where I'm like, Oh, I need to get better at that. Oh, my brother's, you know, the software engineer and he's brilliant and I could never do that. And I would always be really down on myself. And it took me a while to realize that that's how people were looking at me with certain things about, about myself. Obviously I'm happy with the pace of, of how my life has gone, but I think that that's one piece of advice that took me a long time to really fully grasp. It's good to double down on the things that you're already good at instead of trying to compensate for the things that you're not. And yeah, just the more you lean into your own personality, your own weirdness, the things that make you unique, the better you'll do. Yeah. I wish somebody would have told me that early on too. It's fantastic advice. We are all unique. And we, we should stop comparing ourselves to each other. It's very hard to do. Very, very hard to do, especially in the world of social media where everyone is right in front of your face all the time. Mm-hmm. I wish five years ago when I was 18, I could have told myself that. Uh, uh, screw gun operator, Miranda. <laughs> yes, screw gun operator, Miranda. It's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're going to be fine. You will make it. So do you want to talk a little shit? Let's talk some shit. Always, always. Yeah. What that should be the whole podcast. What have you been talking about until now? I thought that was what I was coming on to do. <laughs> so I want to hear, what's your biggest pet peeve? What drives you nuts? Oh, so much. I so, know. So much. Me too. Um, <laughs> I don't want to be, my mom will be happy this answer, but <laughs> bad copy. <laughs> when people like writing, I'm just like, it, it, that, that's one thing that drives me nuts. But I think, trying to think of like a bigger thing. Can I tell you a really random one for me? Please, yeah. This is stupid. I can't even believe I'm going to share this. I hate bent tongs on a fork. And that's like a weird pet peeve. Bent tongs? Is that like if it's broken? Like Like the the tines? The fork tines? Is it it tines? I always call it tines. I think those are tines. Oh, shit. See? Everyone's learning on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tines. I don't like my fork tines. Tines. Bent. Also... I don't like it when people chew with their mouth open or... Yeah, you know, yeah basic hygiene, you know, yeah. is definitely, definitely high up there. Yeah, I think the... What's the thing with the food? Did you stab yourself by accident with a fork when you were a child? No, I don't know what it is, but I just... It's very... I have no reason for it. But when we go to a restaurant, when we used to go to restaurants, if my fork 
tines. Gosh, I can't believe I was calling it tongs all this time. I mean, I knew what you meant. You got You're the, the first person to ever correct me. <laughs> Thank you for not You're letting welcome. me continue on that path. Uh, you so much embarrassment right so there. So much. Uh, so my husband already knew that if the tines were bent or like misshapen, he would just switch forks with me without even saying anything. <laughs> it's like. That's, that's sweet. That's love. That is love. That, that's that love. Is. That's that's how you get, you know, 50 year marriage, you know, anniversaries, all this good stuff. 50. Okay. No, I'm not saying you. I'm saying, it's saying oh, you'll make it. To, you know, how many years are you guys at? We've been together 11 years this year. Married eight, nine in August. So Excellent. Yeah. How long have you been with so your fun. partner? Well, we've been together. What is 2022? So also 11 years been together. And then... We got married last April, June. Forget. Isn't that bad? No, no, that's okay. We got married in 2021, 2021, just before we moved down to the Congratulations. I did not know that. I'm very happy for you. Um, It was a COVID thing. So we didn't do a big to-do. We were like, let's just do City Hall, keep it chill. And then once people can be together and not have to worry about things, we'll do a big, big blowout. Yeah, no, that's awesome. We can move on from the pet peeve, but if you think of anything, toss a couple in there. If I flip, I'm trying to flip around things that I love about people. I mean, a big, the biggest pet peeve of mine probably is like, basically, I mean, this is not a pet thing. It's probably more significant, but if you say you're going to like, it's more about follow through. Yeah. If, you, if you commit to something, just stick with it or let people know as soon as possible. If it's not going to happen or if it's going to change, like over communicate. I don't know. I don't like when people are flaky. That's probably, there you go, flaky. I like that. I, I think I actually, I agree with you. I think I'm going to take the forks out of my, my repertoire. Keep it all. You need a range of, <laughs> of minute to, you know, okay, here's the, oh, here's my equivalent of the fork. When I'm opening cat food for my cat, like just having to get my, like break a nail to like open the tin. Ridiculous. And I have to use ridiculous. a knife and then I'm like going to cut my hand open. It's just ridiculous. So ridiculous. Uh, why can't the cat just open its own food? I mean, come on. I should train her too. I trained her to give high fives. So I should probably, could probably train her to give, uh, to open her own food. <gasps> That's awesome. Hey, what do you want your legacy to be? I just want to make people happy, make people laugh. <laughs> That's like the best. Like if it can be simplest thing, if, if I die and tomorrow and people are at my funeral, I'd want them to put on a, street of slideshow of my top performing, you know, memes, gifts, videos, social posts. And I'd want them. And I would hope that the mood was about, yeah, was, was fun. and was about making people laugh and make people happy. Like that's what more can you want out of life, right? Yeah. Well, I will tell you, you make me laugh and you make me happy daily with your posts. Thank Excellent. you. If I haven't given you that gratitude and selfishly, if I die tomorrow, I want everybody to shut down for a week and just cry. Like, <laughs> oh, and just cry. Not go on vacation. We can't. We can't take a week off. This no. is a PTO thing. This is like, like the world. This is like an Avida level. Like Ava Peron in the streets, morning. Okay. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. That, that's what I want. Well, you know, hiring a new event manager for the team, so I'll put them in charge of that. You know, so <laughs> knock on wood. You know, please don't die tomorrow. But <laughs> thank you. Knock on this fake desk. Same to you. Fake wood desk. All right. So this last question that I want to throw out here, and I'm asking this of everyone, it's kind of fascinating and it's kind of cliche. I think you hear it all the time, but if you could have dinner with any two people dead or alive, who would they be and why? I feel like I'm going to get a lot of judgment for this first one, but screw you. It's your podcast. You know, I'm the guest. Seth MacFarlane, 
I love his sense of humor. So for those who don't know, Seth MacFarlane is the creator and voice actor for Family Guy, but also like all these movies, A Million Ways to Die in the West and Ted. He just cracks me up. I think he has such a hilarious sense of humor and, but he's also a jazz singer and seems just like a really smart, interesting guy. So I feel like I would laugh a lot and enjoy that dinner. Although we'd probably both be high because that's how he rolls. So I don't know if I'd remember the dinner. Um, <laughs> if I was, and then a second guest, see, I don't know the dynamic now between the two of them, but there's, there's a lot of people. I'm going to go a weird one maybe and say, cause we're, we're, my partner and I are both major film buffs and especially like old films from the thirties and forties. It's what we spend most of our time watching. Um, I'd love to have dinner with Louis B. Mayer, who was the founder of MGM, oh. so, which was the first major studio in Hollywood. So he basically invented the entire Hollywood system and turned it into what it was. He became one of the richest men in the country. But, you know, all the films, you know, Wizard of Oz, Gone with the Wind, you know, all the biggest films. There's more, but those are probably most like famous, too, for the audience. But you know, and just creating stars like Judy Garland and Lana Turner and Hedy Lamarr and, and Greta Garbo and like all these, like he was an absolute both creative and business genius. And I think he also had a lot of personal flaws, should put that out there. He was definitely like an abusive person and not a good guy, but I still would love to meet him. So those are my two guests. Do you think Seth and him would get along well? No, I don't think Mayer had much of a, actually, I know he didn't have a, so, a sense of humor. Mm. So Yeah. Took everything very seriously. It would be a weird dinner. But hey, if, we're, if we're high, then who cares? <laughs> you would have to bridge the gap, right? Exactly. <laughs> You'd be yeah, the person that brings everyone that. together, right? <laughs> yeah, that's my job anyway, Catalyst. So it's fine. Just go to dinners and schmooze around. Ben, I want to thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time. And I hope you know, I just admire and respect you. And I think you're a wonderful human being. And thank you for being patient with me as I'm learning how to do a podcast. I feel like you're the pro. So I hate to- Not I'm at gonna, all. I I'm literally, gonna, no girl, last week's podcast, I recorded, I put a blanket because I was at home. I literally put a fleece blanket like over me and my microphone with my laptop, like I like a little blanket for it. Because it's the only way to get the quality to be even remotely good. And like, don't worry, I'm, I'm figuring everything out. And this was so much fun. Oh, it was a blast. Thank you. And I, again, I appreciate you and I hope you stay warm in New York. I will not be leaving my apartment for the next 72 hours. So, Well, wonderful. I send you all well wishes that way. And thanks again for joining me. Thank you so much, Miranda. It's always great chatting with you. Thanks for listening today. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of From There to Here. Check back weekly for new episodes. For more conversations about this episode and more, please feel free to follow Miranda on LinkedIn. See you soon.